is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hey gang, my name is Chris. And me name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 483, recorded Thursday, April the 16th, 2020. How you doing everybody? Um, I hope you're well. Jason, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I hope everybody's well as well. How are you doing? Not, I mean, not bad. It's uh, all things considered. I, I'm not sleeping very well. I don't know about, about everyone else, but... I find that I, I take a long time to fall asleep now and I don't get enough hours that I need. And so I'm always a little bit tired and I think that's just, you know, general anxiety rearing its ugly head. Well, that kind of sucks. Sleep yeah. is important. And well, I, you know, I haven't been getting much sleep either, but that's because I've been working too hard, but that's just an entirely different reason. Right. Working too much. You have a younger son, all those sorts of things, but. Yeah. I got to work off hours so that I can get the work done uh, and so that. I can help with childcare during the day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. I just can't sleep because I'm upset about everything. And, you know, uh, there's a global pandemic. I'm working at a job that laid off most of the employees. Thankfully, I still have a job for now, but you know, we'll see how that goes over the next little while. So it's, it's a stressful time. Yeah, surely. So good thing we're here podcasting because that is not a job I can get laid off from. I'm happy to say. <laughs> that's right. I guess uh, that's, a, that's a wonderful thing. Unless you Cause, fire me. Because job it goes in quotes, right? <laughs> right. It's not really a job. It's more of a thing we do. It, it is definitely a thing we do and certainly wouldn't call it a job. Hey, if it was a job, if it paid the bills, A-okay with me. It, that sure would be great. You know? Anyways. Yeah. Uh, today, Jason, is a very special day. Um, it is high five day. Now, oh, nice. Now, I, I, I mentioned that because I do want everyone to remember what a high five is, but now is not the time to be going around giving anybody a high five. Oh, unless, you know, they live in the same household as you. I've been given high fives all day, which is coincidental. This is the first time in since we started this up again where you would say what day the, uh, of the year it is or whatever it is that I was actually, I'm able to participate in the day that it is because, you know, that's great. That's a good point. If you live with people and, you know, you're all under the same roof in the same family or whatever, uh, high five all way, high five all you want. I mean, that's, that's a great point. Uh, but if you're out, you're going shopping or you, you know, you see your, your neighbor that you're supposed to be socially distancing from, maybe now isn't the time to give them a high five. But, uh, I mention it so that we can all remember next year on April 16th, uh, when national high five day rolls around again, we can all hopefully be gloriously basking in a ocean of high fives out there. Wow. That sounds, that sounds great. It sounds great. It does. It does, doesn't it? Even if you don't like high fives, I think you can probably get on board with that. Yeah. <laughs> I hope anyway. Well, who doesn't like high fives? No, high everybody fives does. Everybody They're does. They're my favorite. That's right. All right. Well, what are we going to do today on the podcast, Jason? I assume you're asking. Uh, well, I know there's a plan. I don't know what it is, but that's not abnormal. <laughs> Fair. Because there's no new Walking Dead episode. The season finale is still postponed, of course. And, uh, there's no new Walking Dead shows to talk about or anything like that. So what are we going to do? Well, the answer to that is a little bit more listener feedback and a couple of words on... 
a couple of other shows that I've been watching. But first, we're going to do the Walking Dead news, which is something nice. we haven't done in a little while. So why don't we get started with that? Cool, cool, cool. The Walking Dead news. So there's a few things to get caught up on, Mr. Miles. And the first one is those lawsuits. Remember those lawsuits around The Walking Dead? Uh, I do, which uh, there's been a few. Uh, is this the Frank Darabont one? Right. So the, the two I want to mention here are the Frank Darabont one and the one where Kirkman and the other producers are actually suing AMC as well. Uh, there are two distinct lawsuits and there have been developments in both of them over the last little while. Uh, in case anyone is interested, the Frank Darabont one was actually, the trial was upcoming, uh, you know, in the, in the recent past. However, everything has gone out the window and it's been pushed back due to the coronavirus pandemic that we're currently suffering through. Right. Um, from deadline.com, they wrote, uh, as I said, the upcoming trial over the $300 million profit participation battle between Frank Darabont and CAA and AMC just got pushed back to later this year due to the pandemic. After years and years of summary judgment attempts, briefs, brittle letters, and more, the initial seven-year-old case was set to finally go to trial in late May. With COVID-19 essentially bringing the courts to a halt, Justice Joel Cohen now says the trial will start on November 2nd, 2020. However, everyone is rather, you know, sort of feeling that it's more likely going to be 2021 sometime uh, yeah. at this rate. So uh, that's really the update that they were this close to going to trial and maybe putting this whole thing to bed behind them. Uh, and then this thing happened and we're not going to have that. Yeah. Well, I, I assume that the, you know, court cases take a long time. That's they just do. the nature of, uh, of that. And, you know, the courts are... I wouldn't say they're backed up, but they're, they're pretty full, I would say. And it's hard to slot things in. And now that the courts have come to a, a grinding halt, essentially, that everything's just going to get backlogged. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. Uh, as soon as you said the word November, 2020, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's not likely. No, I don't think so. I mean, and unless. When, it just, it seems odd that anybody would, uh, would try and schedule something. Uh-huh. Like. Like, don't, don't schedule anything. Why bother? Like, right. it's, it's just, it, everything's on pause right now. We're just going to try and muddle through as best we can. Uh, and it's not that you shouldn't plan for the future, but it's just, you know, don't schedule the future at the moment. Yeah. I mean, penciling in for the future might be okay now, but you got to be able to erase that, that pencil mark. You know, Jasper's been asking lately, when can we go to the beach? It's like, well, it's, first of all, it's got to get a lot warmer. And second of all, it's got to get a lot less coronavirus-y out there. And yeah. then we can go to the beach. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he, he's, I mean, that's a good answer. He's going to have to wait. And we're going to have to wait to find out what happens with this Frank Darabont trial. The other one, uh, it's Kirkman, Gail Ann Hurd, David Alpert, and some of the other executive producers are suing AMC. Now, on the other side of the coin, they had their trial recently, and a decision was due on this one in late May. However, now that is likely going to come much later as well. So they got this close to the finish line, and they've, you know, been pushed back, and they have to wait some more. So 
that confuses me a little bit because the decision process, I think, is very individualistic to the judge. Sure, right? yeah. So yeah. if the judge is making a decision, uh, you know, he's got all the facts. Everything is done. I have, uh, you know, everything's been laid out. I have all the evidence. I have all the testimony. I have everything I need in order to formulate my decision. It's not just a matter of, you know, going, well, plaintiff. <laughs> right. So it's a little more complicated than that. They have a decision book that they write everything out in. They, you know, they think about it, they do it, they write it down, they, uh, they, you know, lay out the logic and all that kind of thing. But I think that's up to the judge. As far as I know, from what I know of legal systems, that's the judge's job to do that. Uh, and there's a loan. And I'm pretty sure they can do that while they're at home. Well, I think they can make the decision, but I don't think they can um, deliver it, right? I, I have a feeling they probably have to convene in a oh, courtroom and okay. make it official and have him or her say it out loud. So, you know, I don't know that for sure, but I do know some lawyers. And from what I've heard from them, um, the legal system, now I'm talking about Canada here because that's where we are, but the legal system and the court systems are all very non-21st century. Not a lot of technology, not a lot of, um, you know, internet connectivity or things like that. That's why you still have court reporters on devices typing right into it, things like that. Uh, and by device, I think they still use typewriters in some cases, maybe not, but still. Well, they're the, they're shorthand things, right? They're not actual typewriters. They're- Well, yeah, uh, little shorthand they devices. They have like nine keys or something like that. To yeah. Because, you know, you got to type awfully friggin' fast. Uh, to keep and there's up. A, yeah, to keep up. And I, you know, having a human in the loop, uh, transcribing real, uh, you know, uh, live conversation is pretty nuts. It seems so antiquated at this point. Like, why would they still do that? Yeah. I mean, get a good audio recording, you know, yeah. uh, but, you know, a transcript, having a physical transcript is pretty... Uh, you know, ubiquitous, whereas having an audio transcript that can be manipulated and then have that automatically transcribed by a computer because they can do that now mm -hmm. fairly easily. Mm -hmm. uh, and then having somebody monitor that process to make sure it's accurate. Yeah. Anyway, I can see why uh, that, you know, the courts are not really up to speed on that. They're probably still <laughs> thinking that, you know, transcribing things at all is pretty new. Well, it's so, so yeah, I can see why, and I, I guess that also means I can see why that, uh, that you wouldn't be able to have a decision delivered without getting together in a room and physically looking at each other. Yeah. So you, you're absolutely right. Uh, I hadn't considered that, you know, you know, having a, making a decision and, you know, doing the process of, uh, writing that decision down is one thing and that can be done by the judge, but, uh, delivering the decision has to be done in court. Yep. And that requires people to actually go to court. So either way, um, they were pretty close to having that done, but now they're delayed as well. So, uh, no real like legal updates on these cases, just more scheduling updates in case you're on the edge of your seat <laughs> waiting for things to happen. Cause I know I am. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah. So there you go. Um, next item, the coronavirus has disrupted AMC's plans to have 40 straight weeks of Walking Dead content. Wow. So Jason, this comes from comicbook.com. And as we already know, some of the things we've talked about are 
The Walking Dead season 10 finale was delayed. Of course, we know that. Yeah. The, the new show called World Beyond had its series premiere delayed because that was supposed to be the same night. Production has shut down on The Walking Dead season 11 for at least four weeks, probably more at this point. Although they're, I don't think they're actually at the filming stage yet. Although they're getting pretty close, so they're going to be behind on the filming. Because I assume like writing and things could continue. Um, and, and also production was shut down on Fear the Walking Dead season six for a similar duration of at least four weeks. And that, of course, was filming. So they're losing time there. But according I to I think the, even, even, sorry, you said uh, writing can continue. I don't, I'm not even sure that that's the case. Because there's, you know, they sit in a room and that's, uh, it's hard to duplicate. Uh, on on a phone call or on a conference call, even if it's, everybody's on cam, uh, it's still hard to duplicate sitting in a writer's room. The atmosphere, the "Hey, where the fuck is my sandwich?" Uh, right attitude, because I assume <laughs> all writers have that attitude. Of course, of, I need a damn sandwich right now. Where's my sandwich? Because mm-hmm. uh, that's how I feel when I write. Right. Well, yeah, of course. Right. right. You're in a room right. alone, so uh... yeah. Am I right or am I right? You, when you're right, you're right. <laughs> You? Sorry to derail you, but uh, even, yeah, I think every single aspect of the process uh, has been interrupted. Uh, probably has, but I mean, I, I sort of figured that some things could continue happening, at least for a little while. Um, but you're right, eventually they might want to just get together and and hash it all out. So either way, they're delayed quite a bit. And of course, Fear, which was actually on set and on location filming, is not doing any of that right now. But... According to the comicbook.com article, here is exactly what was supposed to happen. The Walking Dead season 10 would have concluded April 12th, leading into the 10-episode first season of World Beyond. The spin-off was then to be followed by the 16-episode summer season of Fear the Walking Dead starting in June, leading into the 8-episode uh, front half of The Walking Dead season 11 in October. For the first time, The Walking Dead universe would have aired new episodes every Sunday throughout most of the year if all three shows continued unimpeded. That's, that's pretty wild when you think about it, you know? 40 weeks out of the year leading from the finish, the, the last half of one season to the new show to a new season of another show to the first half of The Walking Dead season 11. Like, it's pretty crazy. And that's all out the window now. Yep. That is pretty nuts. Um, and, and we don't really know what's going to happen. I, I still assume that AMC won't want to overlap things too much, but they may have no choice unless they start pushing things back and back and just delaying more. So I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. They probably won't. I mean, it'd be just, uh, you know, get things out as, as soon as they're ready, I would think. Well, I don't know. I mean, it depends what they feel like the the pent-up demand is, right? Uh, Some people would argue that, you know, The Walking Dead has already seen some sort of market fatigue. And and so if they just pump things out too much, then that'll that'll just annoy people. But, you know, maybe not. Maybe they'll want to, uh, maybe they will want to overlap it and pile it all in together and just really saturate everybody's brains with Walking (laughs) Dead material. (laughs) Maybe. I can't imagine... Uh, you know, I have a hard enough time scheduling, scheduling my own life, let alone my <laughs> right. family, helping schedule my family's life, yeah. let alone scheduling, uh, being part of a project, but being in charge of scheduling like an entire 
uh, you know, networks, uh, release schedule. It sounds like a fucking nightmare to me. <laughs> it, it sounds like the, the worst job I can possibly think of. I mean, I can think of some pretty bad jobs, but I hear you. Yeah. I mean, the, just the stress of it, right? Being, uh, having to schedule this and schedule that and make sure that all these people are adhering to their schedules mm-hmm. that we've laid out previously and, uh, you know, adjusting for, uh, all kinds of shit. And then the COVID-19 thing happens and everything's on pause. He's like, oh my God, when are we going to schedule all this? I'd be pulling my hair out. <laughs> How are we going to get our A plus content out to the people that want it most? Damn it. Yeah. It just, it, it sounds like an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Well, it's a nightmare for somebody else. And we just have to sit around waiting for the nightmare to be in, to be well, over. Frankly, it stresses me out knowing that there's, a small team of people that are dealing with this right now <laughs> are, are dealing with the scheduling of all this shit. It, uh, it, it causes me, uh, empathetic stress. I mean, knowing that there was supposed to be 40 weeks straight of new Walking Dead content stresses me out a little bit, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I can see it on the other side too. <laughs> right? How the hell are we going to cover that? That's a lot. That's, uh. Well, the, the honest answer is we're not. I mean, we're going to cover Fear the Walking Dead season six differently than we have in the past. And by differently, I mean less. And I hadn't really made a firm decision on World Beyond yet. We're certainly going to yeah. talk about it somehow, but, you know, every week, I don't know. Um, what we'd have to do, Chris, is we'd have to do what, uh, uh, what's his name? Showrunner. He was the showrunner. I just had his name in my my brain and my brain just Gimple? Showrunner Gimple, Scott Gimple. Scott Gimple. Yeah, yeah. Always blame Scott Gimple. Got it. Uh Scott Gimple, we have to do what he he's doing is uh you know, take an executive producer role of multiple <laughs> podcasts and just kind of uh, you know, shepherd along a number of podcasts to cover each individual one. Yeah, yeah. Show. A team, a group, a network, as it were, of Walking Dead podcast shows. Yeah, that's all we need. I'm just thinking the stress of that, of managing other people doing podcasts and nobody's getting paid. So there's no incentive to actually do it. It's hard enough getting us together. Can you imagine trying to get other people on board that don't get paid? Good Lord, man. To Good do something. Lord. And to make them do it. <laughs> the, the secret is they got to want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we want to do it. It's hard enough stuff. Yeah. Fair. Fair. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. I'm too stressed out. I'm, uh, I'm stressed out about everybody else's jobs. I can't even, uh, yeah, this, this is the world we live in. I'm stressed out about what's going on outside of the house, even though I don't leave it. Well, this is the reason I can't sleep because the stress is getting to me of, of everything. (sighs) You, you know, you're lucky if you get a good restful night's sleep, you know, short hours, but at least when you lie down, you fall asleep. That's my problem. Oh, like within... 30, 40 seconds. Oh, you're so no, lucky. No problem. I was just putting my son to sleep. He was uh, flopping around on his bed and I was sleeping on the floor. I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, okay. Two more items here. Both sure. are um, rumor related. One of them I hesitate. I even wanted to report on, but we'll get to that one second. We talked about the fact that a... Um, a site reported that The Walking Dead might be ending after season 12. Like that might be in the plans right now. Uh, And and that was a few weeks ago, I think, that we talked about that. But now, according to um, the internet and Hollywood Reporter, that is not the case. Because they spoke to Scott Gimple, 
And from the article on Hollywood Reporter, they said, with writing ramping up on season 11, is the end in sight for AMC's horror juggernaut? Gimple said, can't quite imagine it. Insisting an end within the next two seasons, quote, isn't the plan. Gimple adds, we're kicking around some ideas to try and have some Walking Dead supportive fun for people stuck at home to help keep people's spirits up. Hopefully we'll have more news about that soon. So there's two things there. Number one, he says, nope, we're not ending after season 12. Why would we do that? We're going to keep it going. And the other thing is, hey, maybe we are going to get something new Walking Dead related over the summer while uh, they're not showing all these shows for 40 weeks straight. Huh. <laughs> That's right. There you go. <laughs> go figure. Well, okay. So season 12, uh, I'm, I'm a little surprised that they haven't announced an ending for... Uh, the big show, because they've already got spinoffs planned. They've got movies planned. They've got all this, uh, you know, content planned that isn't this show. Yep. So I'm a little surprised that they, uh, they aren't, uh, planning an ending yet. Uh, well, if so, they are, they're not admitting to it, but yeah. Yeah. But why not? I mean, successful shows in the past have, uh, pre-announced years ahead of time when they're going to end. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, everything comes back to Lost, right? Uh, it, you know, Lost said, we're going to do 16 episodes per season for three season, and then it's over, right? And yep. you knew that going in. Battlestar Galactica, the same thing. We're going to end this, even though they took a long time between seasons. They said, uh, we're going to end this uh, in two years. Uh, they, you know, in my opinion, they did not stick the landing, but that's okay. Uh, so I'm, uh, I don't. If they are keeping this information under their hats, I don't understand why. There's no reason not to let that out. And to, to uh, personally, when a show announces, pre-announces that there's only going to be two more seasons or three more seasons or what have you, I breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah. And it reinvigorates your, your desire to watch the show, I find. Yeah. Because right? you know that it's not, first of all, there's two things. One, you know, it's not going to end tomorrow. Like there's shows out there that just, you, you watch it and it's like, Hey, this is a pretty good show. And all of a sudden, nope, we're done. Canceled. Like, canceled. So saying we're going to have two more seasons left, just that, that means you've come to an agreement with the studios. You, the show is not going to be canceled until it ends. And that ending is planned. Mm -hmm. Everything is mapped out. You know that there's some schmuck sitting in a room, uh, planning out exactly what is going to happen over the next two seasons. And, uh, hopefully that's a, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. So I say if the show is going to end and they do know that, announce it because that would be okay. If they really do believe that the show is not going to end until after season 12, maybe 14, 15, 17, 19, 28 seasons, what have you, uh, it's kind of stressful. I'm sorry to keep bringing that up, but, uh. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I, I mean. I, having listened to you just say that, it kind of makes me think that they really, they really don't have a, an ending plan yet. And he's, Scott Gimple is sincere when he says, I can't imagine it and it isn't the plan. And, you know, if, if they do have a 16 season plan, I suppose they could announce that, but that would seem weird to announce now. Yeah. Really yeah, early. Yeah, we got a plan. It's going to be 27 seasons and then we're cutting it off. Yeah. It's like, whoa. <laughs> We've got 17 more seasons of good material, so don't you worry. <laughs> well, they can't announce that, right? Because no. Because you can't, you can't 
uh, lock everybody in, the actors in for 17 seasons. No actor. No, of course. Uh, is going to commit to that kind of time frame. No, but the quotes have come out too over the, over the last little while about, um, it's the kind of show apparently where the entire cast could be different and they could continue on. Right. Yeah. That feels really weird to me, but you know, if they want to keep this going forever, then they're going to eventually end up in that scenario. But anyways, um, the rumor was that it would end after season 12 and apparently that is not the case and, uh, it's going to keep going. The other rumor that was recently reported from this source and the actual source is we got this covered.com. I don't really know how reliable these guys are and they seem to post stuff like this all the time. The other one they posted was the, um, Michonne movie, I think that right. they're working on. Well, guess what now they're suggesting Jason. Oh no. Daryl Dixon movie. <laughs> so it, this is why I hesitated. Cause it kind of feels like they're just going through the cast saying, you get a movie, you get a movie, you get a movie. Well, it's like Oprah Winfrey is uh, handing out movies. Right. right. Everybody is. gets a movie. I mean, I suppose if anyone could hand out movies, it might be Oprah, but we got this covered, said this, AMC is developing a Walking Dead spinoff movie centered around one of their most beloved leads, the crossbow-wielding Daryl Dixon. As far as the chronology of the Walking Dead verse is concerned, Daryl's standalone film will presumably take place after either season 11 or 12, and we'll see him searching for former series protagonist Rick Grimes while throwing in some flashbacks with his volatile brother Merle. Whoa. So we're going to get, it's, it's going to be a, you know, Daryl, loner Daryl searching for Rick while we learn about his past with his brother at the same time. So, uh, I forget his name. The actor's name who played Merle. Um, Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker. So do they get Michael Rooker back to do the flashbacks or do they recast uh, Daryl and Merle as like 20 year olds? Oh, 18 year olds as different actors. I mean, that means we'd be flashing back pre-apocalypse though. I, mean, I suppose that's well, possible. Of yeah. Well, that's what I assume is that the flashbacks would be pre-apocalypse. I, I, well, I guess they would, they might have to Because be. Merle's dead, man. They can't, uh. Well, I know Merle's they dead. They can't flashback till after, you know, why flashback when he, to, to a point where after he's dead. Yeah. No, I, I get it. That doesn't make a lot of sense. But is there much time before he's dead post-apocalypse where we don't see the two of them? Like before Daryl was introduced on the show? Not really, well, eh? they, No. Uh, no, because that only happened within a couple of weeks. But, but also right? don't Six forget, or sorry, don't forget, it's a movie. It's not a series. So it's a one-off. So you could flash back to a very specific few weeks of time. That's true. But, I don't know. I, I assumed it was flashback pre-apocalypse. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense too. And if it does, yeah, you could get... They'd, they'd be pretty young. Um, Michael well, Rooker is a bit old to be playing a teenager, so they might have well, to recast them both. That's what I'm thinking, is that if they're going to flash back, they have to flash back to immediately before the apocalypse, but that's still 10 years ago for the actors, mm -hmm. right? And they may not seem like they've changed a lot, but I'm sure if we went back and watched the pilot episode, uh, that or the second episode, uh, where we meet them, then I'm sure we can see significant changes. Oh yeah. You should go so, back and look at 
uh, Norman Reedus in season one. It's funny. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. Not till later. Yeah. Not till after season 27. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we'll go back and do something, uh, our own flashback or watchback or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But, uh, so my assumption is that the only real thing they can do is cast new actors to play them very young. Like I'm talking in their teens or early twenties. Yeah. Anything beyond that. And it would be weird. So you might be onto something here. I mean, this probably isn't even a thing anyways. Um, you know, I say that, but then think, well, it is AMC. <laughs> they can always digitally de-age them. Oh, there's that too. You're right. Well, as long as they do, uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson in, uh, Captain Marvel, <sighs> Cap Captain Marvel and not, uh, Patrick Stewart in that, uh, uh X-Men movie. Oh, Remember the X-Men movie when they de-aged them, when they first started doing that shit and it's just weird. I thought you were going to go Carrie Fisher in that Star Wars movie. Well, they, that's not a de-aging. That's a recasting and reforming and digital person, right? Right. That was a different person who did that acting. Okay. Uh, uh, no, they, uh, I mean, they've come a long way in de-aging. But, uh, please don't do that. Well, you know, I think they're, the de-aging technology now is pretty damn good. So they could do it, but. I mean, they know the actors have been acting for such a long time that they have the footage of what they looked look like, right? Mm -hmm. Where, uh, (laughs) I don't know why they didn't. Anyway, uh, that whole Patrick Stewart, Ian McCallum thing, uh, in that X-Men movie was just horrid. (laughs) Just horrid. Anyway. Uh, hopefully they don't, I'm hoping they don't do a de-aging thing for the flashbacks. No, probably not. They probably don't have the budget for that because it's TV. But it is a movie, you said, right? It's a, it's, it a, it's a TV movie it's TV as far as movie. I understand, yeah. All right. So that's, uh, it's not like a full, you know, $700 million uh, theatrical release. No, no. Do they make movies that for that much? I just pulled a number out of my ass. It's like 250, $300 million now? Uh, I don't know if they make $700 million movies, but I think they, they do spend a, Two or three hundred million, yeah, like on Avengers movies. Okay, well, they could do that. Yeah. If they got Avengers, if they got the MCU movie money, then, uh, you know, do whatever the hell you want. But sure. unless you got that kind of money, just, you know, stick to the basics, like casting different actors to play them <laughs> when they're 12. Yeah, probably easier. Anyways, it may or may not be a thing, but if it is, well, you didn't quite hear it here first. And that is it for the news, Jason. Let's do uh, a a quick take on some listener feedback that we've gotten since last week. And I must admit, people, really only the first feedback here is about The Walking Dead directly. So, uh, um, you know, do with that what you will. But let's do it right now. Listener feedback. So that first one is from Mark in the UK, and Mark writes, Landmines in the zombie apocalypse would be useful, as they would alert you to intruders, living or dead, and slow or repel their approach. Zombies' greatest threat is their numbers. Even if you only kill a few out of a herd, that gives you enough time to decide whether to run or fight. Yep, so would fishing line and uh, empty pop cans. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) Although that won't kill them. Right. Mines will It'll slow, slow them, them down. Yeah. Right. And, and make enough noise. Yeah. 
Yeah, but you know, even the uh, the landmines might not kill them. Like I like we talked about, they're not necessarily meant to kill people. They're meant to maim them. Mm-hmm. So you have a zombie with all his f- legs blown off. He's still going to crawl around. It's not like you blew his head up. No, but he's decidedly less dangerous if he's moving yeah. around without legs. So you string, uh, you, you know, you go to a fishing store. They have those, I assume, mm-hmm. uh, where you can buy fishing line, like for really big fish. And you, uh, you string rope. Why not? Well, you don't have to hide it. So, you know, get some rope, get some twine, get some paracord, what have you. You know, you string like, you know, a couple of miles of, uh, that line up. So it creates like a sort of a barrier. And then you tie a whole bunch of pop cans to it. They're going to make a lot of noise. They get in there, they're going to get tangled up. They're not going anywhere. They're just going to be stuck there until they rot away. So that would work just as well. What about living intruders? Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, landmines are meant to be useful against people and, you know, that's what they're for and that would work. Yeah. Living intruders. Because because you put up a sign, you say, there's a minefield here. Uh, You know, enter at your own risk. A person's going to go, oh shit, I'm going the other way. Sure. But Mark's point is you, you put them there, you don't put up a sign. And then if a group of living people come whose intentions are bad, they might just walk into the mines and well, they're not surviving that, or at least not in any form to continue to attack you and you can get away. Yeah. Well, that's the problem with the minefields is they're, they're, they're not really selective on uh, who they're against. Mm -hmm. You have a whole bunch of, let's say you have like seven orphans that are having good intentions that have medical supplies and food and they walk through the minefield and get all blowed up. Ah, oh, crap, Jerry, did you blow up the orphans again? <laughs> <laughs> you see, it, it, you can't really pick and choose who you, who you blow up. So, right. uh, you know, you put up a, a wall of paracord, you know, mm-hmm. that would, uh, that would stop everybody. Well. It's not discriminatory, discriminatory either, but. Don't kill you if you're alive. You're like, that's weird. That's a whole bunch of cable with fucking pop cans on. <laughs> I'm just going to try to walk right through it. <laughs> I'm just going to go around, I guess. Yeah. Well, anyways, it also doesn't explain what those mines were doing there or who put them there. So um, those were the questions that I really wanted answered, but we are never going to get it. Anyways, thank you, Mark, for sending that in. Here comes a call from Tyler in Akron, Ohio. Hey, Chris. Hey, Jason. On the Tower Feedback episode, uh, you guys talked about That 70s Show. So I thought I would give you a little bit of tidbit about That 70s Show and the connection it has to The Walking Dead. I don't think they're in the same universe or anything, which, I mean, I guess could be a possibility. Uh, But there is an actor on The Walking Dead whose sibling is also on That 70s Show. Will Masterson, who played the guy with the funny sunglasses, I forget what his name was, um, he has a sibling, Elena, who was Tara on The Walking Dead. Can't wait to hear from you guys again, and keep up the great work. All right, thanks. Bye. All right, thank you very much, Tyler. What I think is funny about Tyler's call is that he got all the names wrong. (laughs) (laughs) There's Danny Masterson. Yeah, it was Danny Masterson, not Will. And. You know, Elena is close, but it's Alana Masterson. Yeah. And he couldn't remember Danny Masterson's character name, but you might. Do you remember it? It's, and on that 70s show, it's Hyde. Hyde. There you go. Yeah. He so. played Hyde. Yeah, Tara and Hyde were a uh, real life brother and sister. Uh-huh. And their other, their, their brother was the older brother on Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, see, I didn't know that either. Yeah. So they're all brothers and sisters. Was siblings. the was the older brother's name uh, Will, by any chance? 
I have no idea. All right. The other thing is um, Danny Masterson and Alana Masterson are only half siblings. Not that it matters, but uh, uh, that's the reality of it. So there you go. The The main thing we have to take away from that is The Walking Dead and that 70s show may in fact take place in the same universe. I now believe that. <laughs> sure. Right? Yeah. And I believe that Danny Master Hyde is actually the brother of uh, Tara. Of course. Why yeah. wouldn't he be? So, uh, yeah, I now believe that. And did you know that the uh, the mother, you know, just speaking of coincidence, coincidences, the, you ever watch Malcolm in the Middle? You ever, did you ever watch that show? I'm aware of it. Never really saw it, no. All right. Well, that's, uh, uh, Brian Cranston was on that show, right? Indeed. Okay. His wife on the show, the, the mother of the three kids, uh, is actually married to Bradley Whitford, who was in uh, The West Wing. And he was also one of the, uh, one of the, principal actors behind the scenes on uh, Cabin in the Woods. You might know him from that. Right. Yeah. But why is that interesting? Where's the, I, I what's the connection? It's, it's another coincidence. You're just going from A to B to C to D here. We're okay. Just, uh, <laughs> she happens to be married to Bradley Whitford. That's it. Okay. Sorry. Fair. <laughs> and I then like- we're, you know, we're bringing that back to uh, Brian Cranston, which brings us to, to Breaking Bad, which you wanted to talk about a little bit later. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so there you go. It's an, it's a tease. Or it's a tease better for call later. Saul, which is actually another Anyway, we'll, we'll get there. (laughs) That's right. It's better call Saul. All right. One more thing here. Uh, and this is a slightly long one, but I think you might find this interesting. Jason, Dave in Columbus, Ohio writes, Jason has done it again. House cats, also known as domesticated cats are in fact domesticated. Like with so many things in the realm of biology, domestication is a process that exists on a spectrum. The process starts with captivity moves to taming, and on and on towards true domestication. It is a complex set of processes and characteristics, but can be boiled down to the amount of control that humans have over the reproduction of a given species. For example, one of the most domesticated species is the domestic turkey. The domestic turkey is actually unable to reproduce without human assistance through artificial insemination. Turkey morphology has been changed so much in order to increase the size of the breast that they cannot physically copulate. There's a lot more to it than that, but it basically comes down to control over reproduction. Therefore, any animal that has breeds, like different breeds, is domesticated to some degree. Feral is not a synonym for wild. In fact, feral specifically means an animal that has escaped from captivity or domestication. If an animal is feral, it is, ipso facto, a domesticated species. Here are some other species that you may be surprised to learn are fully domesticated. Silkworms, honeybees, domestic skunks, the Arabian ostrich, and the European medicinal leech. Thanks for allowing me to nerd out on one of my favorite topics. <laughs> cool. So, okay, I'm a little bit surprised about the cats. I'm not surprised about the medical leeches. Right. Uh, frankly, uh, I'm a little surprised about the turkeys, but that's okay. Uh-huh. Uh, so my information for uh, domestication versus non-domesticated animals is a, a, a book, probably 20 years old, maybe even older, called Guns, Germs, and Steel, uh, about the... A, a whole bunch of stuff, history and uh, stuff like that. So, and there's a bunch of things in that book that uh, obviously have been proven wrong over the years. And so my information is a little out of date and I, uh, I appreciate this kind of feedback 
correcting me. I thought for sure that cats weren't domesticated. It's interesting for sure. And, and I, I love Dave's email because it, it sort of broke it down in simple, you know, layman's terms really. And, yeah. um, except for that ipso facto thing, but that's pretty ubiquitous. Now, so <laughs> ipso facto, a domesticated species. Yeah. But, but great stuff. And, um, it comes down to reproduction. If, you know, if, if, if human, ha, humans intervene in reproduction too much, it's basically a domesticated animal. Um, I do think that the European medicinal leech was a bit of, a bit of a surprise. Um, silkworms, honeybees, and I didn't realize there was such a thing as a domestic skunk. Yeah, that one kind of surprised me too. <laughs> I like, mean, nobody wants why? to get close to skunks. Yeah, why? <laughs> I mean, there's, uh, I think they're, they're, they're working on domesticating foxes. Uh, you know, they're breeding foxes, I think in Russia, maybe they're breeding foxes to make them nicer <laughs> so that, uh, mm. you could have a pet fox. They're also doing the opposite. They're breeding foxes to make them meaner, uh, for some reason, just as an experiment. I'm not sure why they would do that, but anyway, they're doing weird things with, uh, can you imagine if they selectively bred humans and what would happen in like 300 years? Cause in 300 years. For a couple of hundred years, uh, you can create a new breed of dog, right? Mm -hmm. A whole brand new breed that is, you know, specifically designed to do something. They've had breeds of dogs that did shit that, uh, that doesn't, they don't need anymore. They had dogs that would run on a treadmill in a kitchen to, uh, blow air around so that, uh, you could have fires going on in the kitchen. Uh, and it would blow air into the, uh, into the, uh, into the ovens and keep the air circulating in the kitchen. And this, the whole breed of dog was specifically designed to run in this goddamn treadmill. Like high endurance dog or something? Yeah. It just, they loved running on treadmills, but they don't have that breed anymore because you don't, we don't have that need anymore. Right. Weird. So I'm, uh, my cats that, uh, that I had, they were born in a barn and I'm pretty sure nobody selectively bred those, those cats. Uh, so does that mean my cats specifically were domesticated or like are all, like not all cats are domesticated, but you know, the common house cat is, but right. not there, mine. I guess there are, right? there are varieties of course of big cats, especially that wouldn't be, but, but again, as he says, it's on a spectrum. So to a degree they are right. Like humans help lions breed sometimes I'm sure. So well, lions aren't domesticated. Well, I mean, in, in a I way mean, they there's are. A diff there's, they have breeds, right? They have, uh, well, okay. There's a difference between breeds and, uh, species. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. So that, I think maybe that's the dividing line there is that if you can have breeds, uh, that can, uh, reproduce together, they're the same species or close enough. Ah, this is getting way into an area that I have zero knowledge <laughs> and expertise in. I know that if you tried to, uh, if you tried to breed a, uh, a lion and a tiger, they have ligers, right? It's pretty much my favorite animal. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right there. I'm cutting, uh, it, cutting it off. Yeah. All we know that about this. That was a Napoleon dynamite reference in case you. It is. Yeah. Missed it. All we know about this right now is what Dave wrote in his email. And yeah, Dave's right. We're wrong. I thought the uh, email was great. So Dave's the master. There you go. He said ipso facto. I believe him. Ipso facto. Yeah, you use Latin in an argument, you win. <laughs> you win. <laughs> Plain and simple. Yeah. All right. That's it, actually, for the feedback and the news. Now, just before we wrap up here, I want to talk really quickly about 
two shows that I've been watching recently, and neither of which of you you have seen, Jason. So we're not going to have much of a conversation on this. Yeah. But earlier this week, and there will be no spoilers here, so don't worry about that. But earlier this week, I had one of the most, probably the most incredible night of TV watching I have ever encountered, ever had in my life. Because, yeah. I, because on the same night, I watched Ozark Season 3, Episode 10, which was the season finale, and Better Call Saul Season 5, Episode 9, which is the one right before the season finale. And if anyone out there has seen both of these episodes, you probably have an idea of what I'm talking about because both of them were some phenomenal TV. And to watch them both on the same night just blew me away. And it, it, it almost amped up the experience for both of them because I was so, you know, mind blown from the first one. We watched Ozark first and then Better Call Saul second. And I was, I was already after Ozark in such an incredible, like, that was amazing kind of mood, and then watched this episode of Better Call Saul, which the final scene of, you know, is, was is one of those things you like to say, Jason, one of the best things my TV has ever shown me. Yep. And watching it, like, I could feel my heart rate going up. I was, my body temperature was rising. I was on the edge of my seat. I was, like, riveted by what was on the screen for this bit. And it was just so friggin' incredible. So I basically am saying this because I want to recommend both of these shows to people. Ozark is not, you know, it's not a perfect show. It's not one of my favorites of all time, like Better Call Saul is or has become. Um, because season three of Ozark has been really good, but there's still a few issues with some of the logistics and pacing of this season, especially in my opinion. But what's amazing about Ozark is all the acting, especially Laura Linney. Oh my God, she is good in season three on this show. And some of the emotional beats of the back half of season three of Ozark are just incredible. And she is so good at making the audience like really feel what she's going through. It's, it's, it's something to behold. I, re I really think that. And then Better Call Saul, one of the best shows of all time, in my opinion, season five is just another masterful season. And like I said, that final scene of this episode is one of the best things my TV has ever shown me. Bob Odenkirk is fantastic as usual, but Rhea Seahorn, who plays Kim in this. Oh yeah. It just... It blew me away. It floored me. Everything I saw was just so incredible. So just to watch both of these on the same night, just coincidentally, um, was absolutely amazing. So if you haven't seen any of Ozark, you kind of need to start at the beginning, I'm afraid. But if you've seen season one and two and you haven't gotten into three yet, do it. And Better Call Saul, I mean, if you haven't watched it, drop everything and watch Better Call Saul because yeah, it's fantastic. Pause on the podcast and go watch it somewhere. Yeah, do it. Do it. Um I forget. I know you're a better call Saul guy, but you haven't watched season 5 yet. That's correct. Have you watched any of Ozark? I've watched the first two seasons. Oh. I'm aware of the third season and my wife has watched the third season and she's mentioned that uh, I should watch it. I don't know how she finds the time. I haven't had the time to watch anything since this whole pandemic pandemic bullshit 
has made me stay stay home. Yeah. All I've been doing is uh, washing dishes and taking care of my son and working. Uh, and <clears throat> I can't watch anything good while I'm working. I right. can only watch crap. Yep. So what I've been watching, in case you've been wondering, and I know you're wondering, mm-hmm. uh, I've watched some pretty questionable shit while I've been uh, working, but uh, this time I'm doing the entire run of Frasier. Oh, so man. I started at the beginning and I've been watching Frasier. It's not great, but it's not bad. I never really watched it when it was on the air. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's okay. I mean, David Hyde Pierce is probably the best part of that show. Uh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, I've been, that's what I've been watching. Like I've watched uh, Gilmore Girls. I watched the entire run of Gilmore Girls. Remember when that happened? <laughs> I do, but I'm trying to forget it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So no, and I, I'm not sure why or how I've been unable to keep up on uh, watching. There's I can like backlog, I've got a queue of movies that I want to watch. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a chance to to do that. I've got a, now I've got a backlog of television shows that I really want to get into uh, that I haven't had time to do. And now that you've talked about it, I, I feel, well, I feel stressed about that now. Sorry, man. I, I feel stressed that I'm not watching the TV that I want to watch. Yeah. Oh, this fucking world. I'm getting tired of this. Oh. You know, this has been fun for a little while, maybe, but not really, but I'm, yeah, I'm tired of it. I'm, uh, I'm tired of it. I agree. I'm a hundred percent tired of it too. Uh, I don't, just saying I want things to go back to normal sounds a little bit, um, naive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because it's not. And, and, but, but I want, I want it to at least feel like we're starting to go back to normal. That would be nice. Um, you know, coming, coming out, going through the only way past it is through as they say. Right. And it would be nice to feel like we were halfway through or maybe even a little bit more than halfway through or whatever, but I just don't feel that yet to be honest with you. And, uh, yeah, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of staying at home. Well, no, I'm not sick of staying at home. I'm sick of not being able to like go out with other people around go to a shop and not worry about touching stuff or coming too close to somebody. That's, that's the shittiest part. Yeah. I want to, I want my family, me and my family to have a normal social experience. Uh Uh-huh. Just one. And and sorry, I should clarify. The shittiest part is all the people that are dying. Like the, the amount of death from this COVID-19 is staggering. Really. It's nothing. It's like, it's unlike anything we've experienced in our lifetime, right? I know people have gone through other, uh, pandemics and, you know, epidemics and stuff like that. But the the last big one was the Spanish flu, right? Long before we were born. Yeah. And, and so, you know, obviously the worst part about this is, is all of the death, but, um, you know, I've been pretty lucky that that hasn't directly affected me in any way yet. Um, certainly, you know, close family, friends, anything like that. But, but yeah, the whole thing, the whole thing just sucks. And I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. I mean, we went to get groceries the other day. And what I mean by get groceries is drive into a parking lot and somebody put it in the back of my car. Yeah. Uh, which was an interesting experience. And what I mean by we is, uh, you know, I piled the family in the car because we weren't getting out of the car. They were just going to open the back up and put the groceries in. And just that simple act was stressful on everybody mm-hmm. in the car. It was just, uh, it was the first time they had been in the car since the 14th of March. 
and yeah. and by the end of it, uh, Jenny was saying, "I'm not doing that anymore." No, it's not that it was incredibly weird or odd. It's just that it's not comfortable being out and about anymore. Yeah, the, the normal things in life are feeling un weird now, right? I, I did the same thing today. I'm surprised you took them, to be honest. I, well, I, they, I said no, but then Jenny said, can we bend that rule for just this once? And I'm like, okay, I wasn't entirely on board, but, yeah. uh. I don't blame her. Wants to get out of the house, you know, for even just yeah. for a little drive. That's. And nobody was getting out of the car. That mm -hmm. was the thing is that, uh, you know, we're just going to go for a drive, park. We figured it'd be take 10 minutes. It took 40 I figured it would only take 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was weird. Yeah, it is. Every, everything feels weird right now. But if, you know, if you're stuck at home and you need something really good to watch on TV, go for Ozark, go for Better Call Saul. Um, you, you know, you saying you're watching crappy stuff reminded me too. One other thing I wanted to mention TV related is, I recently signed up for yet another streaming service. You did? Yes. Yeah. CBS All Access. Because a week ago, or maybe a week and a half ago, I said to the kids, look, I'm tired of watching Harry Potter. I know you guys love it, but you know what? We've seen all of those movies now. So can we do something else? I have an idea. I want to sit down and start watching my favorite TV show of all time from the beginning with you guys. And, and just see if you're into it. And Can I guess? Can I guess? Yeah, you know what it is. It's the Twilight Zone. It is. So we started the original Twilight Zone, and that's all available on CBS All Access. Nice. Also available on CBS All Access is Family Ties, which is another show uh, that yeah. I have fond memories of from being a kid. Uh, so we thought, you know what? We'll sign up for this for a while. You get a month free, and it's only six bucks a month. And if we, if we want to keep it, we can cancel Disney plus for a while because, you know, I've seen every one of those movies. God, I can't uh, do that. And well, and I would re up Disney plus when the Mandalorian comes back. Right. But for now we don't need it. So anyways, we started watching Twilight Zone and we're like six or seven episodes into season one. We're doing one or two a night. Um, not every night, but when we, when we do watch something, one or two and the kids are actually kind of into it. Uh, it holds their attention way more than I thought it would, to be honest. Um, so that makes me really happy and we're going to keep going with it because I'm glad they're enjoying it because those are classic stories. Uh, they're different because it's black and white and, you know, things were just acting was different in the, in the fifties and early sixties. And, uh, even like production styles were different and stuff. So they're, oh, they're, yeah. they're learning a little bit about that. And, you know, we just watched the one called time enough at last where, uh, the guy is a bank teller. I'm going to spoil this episode, everybody, for you. So From the 60s? 1959, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the dude's a bank teller, but all he wants to do is read books. And he every chance he gets, he he's reading a book, like at work. When he goes home, he wants to read books, but he has this horrible wife who won't let him. And <laughs> she tells him the books are stupid. And, 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 and he's belittled at every stage, every step through life. And... One day for lunch at the bank, he goes down into the bank vault and closes the door to read his books. And, um, while he's in there, um, you know, his, the United States is nuclear bombed and destroyed, right. but he survives because he was in the bank vault. Yep. So he comes out and 
he's wandering around the, you know, post-nuclear apocalypse. Irradiated post-nuclear apocalypse. Well, you know, so we ignore on. We ignore the irradiation. We ignore that, yeah. Um, and you know, he, he starts to lose it a bit and he, he doesn't have anything to live for and he's about to end it all. And then he notices he's standing beside the, um, big public library and he's got, he realizes he has all the time in the world now to read books because many of the books have survived. So he stacks them all up and he looks and he, he figures he has years worth of books to read. Um, and as he leans down to pick one up, his glasses fall off and they break (laughs) and he cannot see without his glasses enough to read books because the prescription is very strong and that's it. He's, uh, the poor guy basically got everything he wanted by losing everything except the one thing he needs until he loses that too. So, uh, great episode. And I told the girls, I think you'll like this one because the guy is sort of funny. You know, he makes funny faces and he's, he's a bit goofy and so on. And then the end happened and, you know, Isabel, my, my 10 year old, uh, realizes the sort of gravity of what just happened to this poor guy bursts out in tears. Oh <laughs> yeah. But I, I was okay with that because I, I, I sort of knew it meant she was paying attention. It meant she understood it and it upset her and sometimes that's okay. So, um, well, you know, and the stress of this you know, sort of mini apocalypse is, you know, very, it's big on their kids as well, right? They're it is, idiot. it is for sure. Now, now uh, she didn't equate those two, I don't think, but she just thought like, look at this nice guy. This is all he wants. Then he, he gets it and he breaks his glasses and it was very upsetting for her or, or sad, but she's okay now, of course. Um, but the point is watching Twilight Zone and doing it with my kids and they seem to be into it. So that's fun. That is fun. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could get rid of Disney Plus at this moment because uh, Jasper's been, uh, I don't know whether it's his idea or Jenny's idea, but he's been watching old animated movies like The Aristocrats and Lady and the Tramp. Nice. And uh, just old, old animated movies. Like The Aristocrats has, you know, it's terribly dated. There's cultural references in that are just not acceptable in today's world. Mm-hmm. Uh, in kids' cartoons from 1971. Right. <laughs> right. So uh, I think it's very interesting that these movies hold his attention. You know, he doesn't know any better. Like he's not, uh, uh, you know, he's not really indoctrinated into uh, the modern sense of, uh, you know, storytelling, movie storytelling. He, he is, like he's seen Toy Story, all the Toy Stories, Frozen, the Cars movies, all those kinds of things. Uh, but he still, he just absolutely loves it. And he's watched the aristocrats like six times Mm -hmm. since he first watched it. And, uh, he knows all the characters names and he knows exactly what's going on. Well, that's good. It's a weird psychedelic movie. Like it's weird. They play like, uh, he's talking about, can you scat? No, I can't scat. It's like, (laughs) oh, and then he looks at me and says, do you swing? It's like, well, I think that has a different meaning to you than it does to me, but <laughs> I, you know, from the sixties kind of perspective of musical genre. Yeah. I can swing. <laughs> Other than that, no. I would Jasper, but mom won't let me. <laughs> well, there's also this, you know, this, this social culture that we live in at the moment uh-huh. uh, that <laughs> kind of prevents it. It's funny. Well, that's good. I mean that, you know, that's all right. Plus you can't cancel Disney plus cause you need to have your Marvel movie marathon with him soon. 
someday. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I have all those. I, I'm you own all of the Twilight Zone movie I, or I, television shows, right? I do, I do. So I, you didn't need to sign up to another service. You don't have family ties. I grant you, but mm-hmm. you know, Twilight Zone, you could have made it happen without signing up for CBS. It, it is, it is true. I, I have the DVDs. But the reason I, I signed up is because I was hoping they would, they, they released Blu-rays of these, right? Re- you encoded them, didn't you? I did, but from DVD, right? So I have them in my Plex library, right? But, yeah. but um, they, they released Twilight Zone on Blu-ray and I was, I was hoping, and I don't really know this for a fact, but I was thinking that maybe the Blu-rays were remastered, you know, improved quality and that the streaming versions on CBS All Access would be of that quality. But so far, it's not. It's basically the same as what I've got on DVD. So, um, not a big deal. Uh, we're gonna watch some Family Ties too, so it's worth it for that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. You know what I noticed while we're rambling about random things? Uh, sorry, I don't mean to belittle what you're telling me. I think it's fascinating and very interesting. But well, thank you. <laughs> when watching, uh, as I said, Disney Plus, and uh, every like we showed them up uh, the other day. Uh, yep. he watched up and he really enjoyed it. It's great. One thing I've noticed about the Pixar movies, uh, all the text in the movies, like when they show text, like the beginning opening sequence of the, uh, of, uh, up, they had him, they, they were flipping through a, um, he was flipping through a, uh, a, a photo album. Yep. And in the photo album was descriptions of what they were doing. Like this is the trip and whatever. Mm-hmm. All the text is in French. The movie's in English. The, uh, the subtitles, there's, the subtitles are, you know, correct. Everything is right, except the text in all these movies is all French. I mean, is that how it was released or are you watching like a version of the movie released for a French market like Quebec? Well, that's what I'm wondering. I don't know. know. Uh, I don't think they were all originally in French. Like why would you have the text that says, and then even all the, the, the closing credits, uh, all the descriptions of, uh, you know, the animators and the audio and, uh, you know, script supervisor, all that kind of stuff. That's all in French. That must be a Canadian thing. We need to have somebody in the States, uh, verify well, that. I have them encoded. Like I have up encoded on my library. I can't really look at it right now, but, uh, so I could go back and reference it, but it's just, it's weird on Disney plus all those movies, the text is in French and there's no way to switch. Hmm. Interesting. Like, how do you switch? You, I can't switch languages. I, I, you know, if I switch audio languages, I'm going to get French audio. That's no problem. But how do I switch the text in the movie? Why well, you can't, but I'm, I'm wondering, I don't think it would have been, unless there's a reason for it. I don't think it would have been released theatrically that way. Um, certainly well, not just, in the U S or English speaking Canada, but I don't know. Well, Disney might've, you know, uh, uh, subcontracted the encoding of the Pixar movies to a French company. And that's the version they had. It's like, well, as long as we get the audio, right? Hmm. Just, this is the ver- the regionalized version we have of these Pixar movies. I'll just pick the English audio. Weird. And encode it. Weird. So anyway. I don't random, know. Okay. Random thing. Well, someone let us know if you've got, uh, access to that in the States, if the text on screen is in French, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, well, that's going to do it for this podcast, everyone. But I do want to talk really quickly about what's coming up in the next few weeks. Um, Because next week on the show, we're going to have something special. And then the week after that, uh, Jason, I have some homework for you. So (laughs) 
Okay. Sorry, I didn't warn you ahead of time. Well, I thought you were going to say, you know, the next week we're going to have something special, but the week after that, it definitely will not be special. No, I mean, I think that'll be special too, but the week after that, um, we're going to watch something and talk about it. So I'll talk about that in a second. Next week on the show, it's going to be a very special episode of the podcast because we are going to do another crossover episode with the Walking Dead cast. Cool. Our, our friends over there. Um, we're going to get together, record a single episode where we talk about random to topics, basically crowdsourced from our listeners, and we're not going to know what they are beforehand. Okay. So I think Jason uh, and I'm his <laughs> current co-host Lucy over on their show have done this before. But it's the first time they've asked us to come on and do it. So uh, okay. I'm looking forward is, to this. This is right in my wheelhouse. I feel like, like this is up I, your alley. Yeah, I rarely have any idea what's happening beforehand. <laughs> so Usually everything you tell me, uh, news, updates, uh, everything is uh, the first time I'm discussing that topic. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, there you go. So you should be really good at this. If you want to submit a topic, what you have to do is go to either our Facebook page or the Walking Deadcast's Facebook page and find the post where we're basically soliciting the topics. On, my, on our page, which is at facebook.com slash the talking dead, it's the post pinned to the top. So it's the one you should see first and it basically explains what we're doing and asks you to post a comment of the topic. And we have somebody that's going to collect them all from both posts, from both pages, put them all into a list, and then you and me and Jason and Lucy are going to see them for the first time when we're recording next week and try to discuss them and see how it goes. So if you are not a Facebook user uh, and you really want to send a topic, you can, I suppose you could email it to us as well. The only problem with that is I will have to see it beforehand because I'll have to fire it over to the, uh, the topic person. But yeah, if you really want to get one in, that's okay. I'll, I'll try not to think about it before, beforehand. And, uh, and we'll it, just put, uh, make sure in the subject line that, uh, it's very clear what this is, uh, what it's for without giving away the topic. And then that way you can simply just forward the email site unseen. Oh, good idea. Try not to read it. Yeah. Okay. Good so idea. Make it clear what the, what this email is, uh, is for, but don't spoil the topic in the subject line. All right. That's a good idea. And I'll email it over to the person. And so I won't be, have to read it. So that's, that's yeah. good. But, but please, if you can do it on Facebook, cause that just makes it a little bit easier for everybody. And that's where she's going to be looking for all the topics to, um, accumulate. So that's at facebook.com slash the talking dead. There's a post pinned to the top, um, about this. And if you post your comment, your uh, topic as a comment, it'll get put on the list. We're going to do as many as we can. We may collect quite a few. Um, but we'll, we'll see. We don't want to be podcasting for like eight hours, but we'll, we'll see how, <laughs> how it goes. So that's Says who. Yeah, exactly. That's going to happen next week. Uh, we're recording that next Thursday, which is a week from this moment right now as I'm speaking. Um, but uh, if you listen to this, you know, in the next few days, just know that that Thursday is coming up. So get your topic in there if you want in time. Then the week after that 
on the following Thursday, we're going to have a discussion about a TV show called Devs, D-E-V-S, or at least part of it. It is a limited series, so there's not too many episodes, so I'm hoping over the next two weeks, Jason, we can both get all of those episodes watched, and then we can talk I've, about the entire series. I've heard of this. Well, it is a, um, it is a FX slash Hulu show, and a li- our listener Kurt from Northern Virginia wrote in, and he called it Trippy Awesome Sci-Fi. And asked if if we would cover it. So I thought, you know what? That sounds pretty cool. Let's do it. Uh, and so I went to fxnetworks.com. And the first paragraph here about the show is, A young software engineer, Lily Chan, investigates the secret development division of her employer, a cutting-edge tech company based in Silicon Valley, which she believes is behind the murder of her boyfriend. Wow. So I'm into that. And then once I started looking at it, I'm like, whoa, this sounds cool because it is written and directed by Alex Garland. And if you don't know who that is, he is the guy who did the movie Ex Machina. He did Annihilation, which I really liked. Never Let Me Go, which I think was amazing. And he was a writer on both 28 Days and 28 Weeks Later. Cool. So all kinds of good stuff. Um, and, And... uh, have you seen Ex Machina or Annihilation? Yes. Yes, I have. Okay. Uh, Annihilation, no, I don't think so. But Ex Machina, yes. Okay. Well, those are good. Never Let Me Go was really great too. Um, and uh, looking at the cast list of this show, Devs, there's not too many names I knew, but the one I did is Nick Offerman. Oh, well, there you go. So he's he's cool. I like him. Um, cool. So there's lots of reasons that I think this show might be great. Uh, I believe it's gotten pretty good reviews, but um, I, I don't know that for sure. I haven't really read through them, uh, but it sounds like it's fun. So two weeks from now, we're going to talk about the FX Hulu show Devs. And if you've seen it or you want to see it, you've got a couple of weeks to watch that if you can. And by all means, send in some feedback or some comments or some thoughts about it. And we'll include that in the podcast that week if we can. Awesome. All righty. So that's what's coming up over the next couple of weeks. Um, We'll plan some more stuff for after that. But in the meantime, if you want to get in touch or send in your topics for next week, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the talking dead. If you'd like to send a voicemail in, do that on our website at talkingdeadpodcast.com. Click on send voicemail at the top. You can, of course, also record a short message into the voice memo app on your smartphone and email that to us. And to do that, the email address is talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. All right. That's all for tonight, everyone. Um, thought it might be a little shorter than usual, but doesn't really look like it. That's the way it goes. No biggie. Uh, so uh, we'll be back soon. And until then, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Ciao.